Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. We're going to look at Batman versus the Incredible Hulk oversized Treasury Edition crossover, Ed. Before we uh, dive into this classic, I'll call it a classic, I'm not afraid. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's what a regular comic book looks like. Puny, puny compared to this Treasury Edition size. But uh, before we dive into this, I want to remind everybody at home to like, follow, and subscribe. Um, subscribe to these to Cartoonist Kayfabe. It'll help mitigate the Kayfabe effect. You will be notified when a new video is posted, and that'll give you a leg up on tracking down the comic that we are looking at if it's something that you don't already have in your collection. And uh, let these videos play through to the end. That will help the uh, YouTube algorithm show our videos to other comics fans that may not be familiar with Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. So, we are looking at this, of course, because it's been all Hulk in my life for the last year and a half as I ramp up for Hulk Grand Design. And uh, this is one of those really cool books that uh, I am not referencing in Hulk Grand Design because it features another company's character. But these were great. You know, this comes 1981. It follows the Superman and Spider-Man crossover that was also done in this oversized format. And I got to tell you, if you're going to do an intercompany crossover like this, this format's great. You know, oh, like absolutely. it really feels special. Muhammad Ali, Superman comes to mind. There's just something powerful about that that treasury size. Yeah, yeah, you could you could command a much bigger price. That's uh, true. Because you're probably going to sell a bunch. You're going to command a bigger price. We do have a reasonably senior audience in the crowd, and these guys would mention like seeing these comics at the Seven Eleven. Like these giant things would be there. That's pretty freaking normal. Those, those Seven Eleven dudes need to talk to comic shop owners about how you display the uh, odd-sized objects. Right. <laughs> uh, cool covers, though, uh, you know, both front and back, I think, look really good. And the artist here, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, somebody we haven't shown yet on the channel, I don't think, unless maybe in an anthology or something, but a celebrated artist. I think of him as one of the great figure artists. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and there's kind of these subcategories of artists, right? And uh, Steve Rude being one of those figure guys I think of, but Garcia Lopez very elegant with his figure treatments and we're going to see a lot of examples of that as we go through here you've seen his stuff even if you don't know if you've seen his stuff his stuff because he would be like the dc version of of like john romita when exactly. it came to like licensed materials yes. man like like it was his batman that you had like on your underoos and your little t-shirts when you were a kid and stuff and does a good hulk you know from the get-go uh it's kind of cool you know should i back cover yeah we'll start we'll start uh we'll start back here on the inside back cover the evolution of a cover so you can see both the sketches and then the notes on you know what we've got to do different like like batman being kind of awkward in this pose you know and like oh hulk's perfect here but then you know change batman so kind of neat to see the evolution of of that yeah compositions all, all bollocks all nonsense like so what if it's uh batman jumping in and not swinging in who gives a fuck it's all arbitrary and stupid <laughs> it does seem it does seem ridiculous is this really gonna sell fewer copies yeah like uh have his toes pointed over it's like yeah dick it. and and also you got to have the dc guy and the uh, marvel guy uh si sign off um which which could be the death of like all these things we looked at the spider-man uh superman one and you could just tell that there's so much push pull, uh, so many um, names had to, you know, so many people had to sign off on probably almost every page of that fucking comic. And uh, you never get anything. Like, nobody is going to let their company's character be a turd. So you got to create some jack in the box fake villain that you 
both co- can agree to destroy and never use again. It's it feels silly. so much like wrestling promoters trying to figure out like when Jerry Lawler go, you're, from you're going to put someone over, but my guy's got to look strong. Like one hour Broadways. <laughs> this is just a, these crossovers are one hour Broadway. They are. They are. In a tie. That's so funny because like they're oversized, not just just dimensions, but page count. Like Jer- they really are Broadways. Jerry Lawler versus Carrie Von Erich. You're both going to bleed, and uh, it's going to end in a tie. <laughs> I can't decide how how I feel about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the uh, the, the Jerry Lawyer, the Hulk, the Jerry Lawler uh, in this in this matchup. Yeah, I feel like he's great. an underrated wrestler historically. Oh, he's great. Yeah, yeah. he's incredible, man. He- I like these intros, by the way. They're they're very concise and like that's the origin for both characters. They read and look cool, especially one color on the inside covers, and we're off. That's a great. Uh, this is how you do it, man. If you're gonna hard to imagine you're getting new fans but maybe you know like a book like this maybe it is sold in places that comic books aren't because it is like more of a book or you, a bigger thing listen like growing up man i would i would buy dc comics under protest like i would get them if 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 there would were, were no interesting looking marvel comics on the stands like i would pick up a dc because the editorially they they read very differently you know, like they and 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 frankly, they were less cool. Yeah. You know, they felt they felt more for grown ups or something. Like, like Marvel comics had more of like a, a childish. It's almost like they figured out their um, style, their house style, yeah. earlier. Yeah. Before comics had evolved to where like Marvel figures out their house style. I don't know, a decade later or something. And it's like there's some new tricks in the Marvel house style. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, on top of the figure work that that Lopez is is, is fantastic at. Um, the visual storytelling is incredible here. There's there's so much little subtle stuff that if you were tasked with making these pages yourself, you would not handle as elegantly as he was able to do, man. But he's just 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 perfect at it, man. Like there's there's there'll be a lot to point out. Yeah, Dick Giordano is your anchor, Len Wein, uh writer. I, I linger on this page for a minute. Everybody can kind of like take in the credits box, but some big names in the in those uh, in those credits, you know. Al Milgram and Jim Shooter working as consulting editors and stuff to put this together. So pretty cool. And I like the color hold here for our shaper of worlds in the background. I, dude, I see, I see how certain things work. So like, so like it was like Ross Andrew or somebody was like the artist for the, for the first. So, yeah. so it's the Marvel guys putting together the first one. And this is the DC cats putting together, you know, the B listers. Right. And this is 81. When is the uh, the tit- Titans and X-Men? Is that like 82, 83? It's pretty it, early. Like things were going well in terms of like, let's work together and sell some books. Sure, yeah. At least for a few years there. We get Gotham City and, you know, I'm not going to linger too much on story because the story, this is about Batman and Hulk fighting. Yeah, sure. Um, but there's some dream stuff in this that's laid down there in that first spread that's important to uh, to the story overall. Joker's kind of fun. This is such a different version of Joker than what I think of Joker today, like the contemporary Joker. Like it's kind of neat to see that. Yeah, that you know, older cl- school Joker, cl- cl- classic Joker. Like uh, it's it's uh, separated himself a little bit from the from the Neil Adams, but it's you know that Jim Aparo school. But uh, here's the storytelling flow. Boom! Sniff the rose, toss it to the dude, gets pricked clearly, sucking on his thumb. Things aren't right. It's got the smile. Just nudge him. Like the body language of that. Just a little boop, a little nudge. Mm-hmm. You see the trickle. You see the the boys walking away. You see concern on this dude's face. 
as Joker's kind of looking down. This is a beautifully told sequence. You see concern on this dude's body language, Absolutely. right? Like the scratch in your head, like, geez, man. You yeah. really had to kill that guy for whatever <laughs> he did there. Uh, and waste no time, you know, the next spread. Now we're going to get get to see what Banner's up to. Uh-oh. I wish they had a dress code because they let this dude wear his purple pants and you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always such a ridiculous gimmick of him being the, uh, you know, the, the, the under a pseudonym working in this field. Nobody recognizes him. Here, but. Here's the reason why we need your comic, Jimmy, because, like, I have a million Hulk comics. I've read a bunch, but I don't know, like he feels different all the time he's he could be bruce banner one day like he's he's in disguise in another issue he never turns into bruce banner in another issue like i need you to clear all that shit up for me man i don't know if i'm gonna be able to clear that up or make it more confusing ed that's a tough character you know like one of the things that i took away is just like you don't get to be bruce banner much like even when you're bruce banner you're not really bruce banner because you have no roots you know you're always on the on the move you wake up who knows where so he, prob he probably got mad at his barber, man, for that Dutch boy haircut. <laughs> Everybody starts laughing, including Banner, which is our clue that something's wrong, and he realizes something's wrong. This laughing is unnatural. Yes. And he gets himself a, uh, a helmet there to, to breathe better, gets under control just in time to see Joker and his goons arrive. And, of course, as he's tripping the alarm, they're coming down on him, which unleashes our uh, green giant. Doesn't that feel a little Bazooka Joe? It feels a little, uh, it's not as, I don't think it's as elegant as uh, Joker kicking the guy off the docks yeah. from, from a couple pages ago, but that's all right. We'll, we'll make up for it. Good Hulk, man, huge Hulk, you know, bigger. This is bigger than a comic book, mm -hmm. you know? It's so awesome to see that kind of uh, giant art. And that's what you want in an oversized treasury edition. Like, give us some big pictures. Take advantage of that. And they don't waste much time. Like, here comes Batman showing up uh, hot on the heels of the Joker. And what does that mean? We're going to get some interaction between Batman and uh, Hulk. <laughs> Joker's like, look, man, I'm like you. I have green hair. <laughs> <laughs> Lopez will do this silhouette thing to great effect a lot. He'll, he'll show their human forms. Like, we may see it, we may not as we go through. But there's, like, the yeah, Bruce there's Wayne. there's a couple of good ones. Uh, Bruce Banner, and you see the Hulk uh, Batman silhouettes. Love that Dick Giordano inking, man, where he has adventurous, bold, bold lines that... When, you're you're dealing with the original page yourself you'd be hesitant to, mm -hmm. to put such a bold it works stroke. so well for making hulk pop as like a foreground element in this panel yeah and joker right away recognizes like oh befriend the hulk just a step ahead of batman yeah it's always so silly like like so batman's just gonna ch chill there very passive yeah exactly Goofy. and of course uh befriend the hulk and then point him at batman and yes, let's get some Batman Hulk dancing. It's so wrestling match. This is, is what you want in that tag team, right? Like you always have your different, uh, the, the dynamics, but you want those two guys to get in the ring together. How about Cartoonist Kayfabe is Ed Piscor and Jim Rugg, two working cartoonists. The best way to support Cartoonist Kayfabe is to buy the books that we make. And here's what's available from Ed Piscor. WYSIWYG, Portrait of a Serial Hacker, is about the history of computer hacking. X-Men, Grand Design, the, uh, the, the beginning of the Grand Design franchise starts with X-Men. This is a complete retelling of the history of X-Men. The first 30 years is one epic continuous story across three volumes or in one giant oversized volume if you can find that one. Uh, seems like it's constantly out of print, but a beautiful volume if you can't find it. Hip Hop, Family Tree. This is a history of hip hop 
as the title suggests, four oversized volumes, treasury-sized editions, telling the history of hip-hop through comics. And your current book, Red Room, The Antisocial Network, available now in print wherever books are sold. This is a collection of the first season of Red Room Comics, collecting four issues, beautifully reproduced with some great bonus material here in the back of the book. And starting in March, the next season, Red Room Trigger Warnings will be coming to comic book stores. This is the cover to look for. And due to some uh, issues at the distribution level, this may be the rarest of Red Room comics. So look for this one in March. And here are the covers to keep your eyes peeled for. That's your main cover. This is a variant by Ed Piscor, a variant by Peach Momoko, and a variant by yours truly. These will be in comic shops March 9th. The books of mine that are available right now, The Plain Janes, the first American young adult graphic novel, 500 pages of a bunch of high school girls who get together and start doing art around their community, a la Banksy, and get in all sorts of trouble from uh, teachers to the local police and, of course, parents and some of their fellow students. Uh, 500 pages perfect for the young adult reader or young artist in your life. Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive. This is my collection of Street Angel comics published by Image Comics. Eight complete full-color stories featuring the Deadliest Girl Alive, the Princess of Poverty, the Homeless Ninja on a Skateboard. And coming in March, Cartoonist Kayfabe Month, by the way, everyone, is my next project, Hulk Grand Design, with variant covers by Peach Momoko, Marcos Martin, Cartoonist Kayfabe's own Ed Piscor, and... Hulk Grand Design Madness coming in April, covered by Jeff Darrow on that one. And you can see the main covers here in the background. This is a retelling of the history of the Incredible Hulk, 60, celebrating 60 years of Incredible Hulk history and comic books, 500 issues, 10,000 plus pages, distilled down into two oversized, action-packed issues, perfect for the longtime Hulk fan or the first-time comics reader. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. What the weight of that figure, it's perfect, right? This stuff always blew my mind when I was trying to, you know, copying drawings and trying to figure that out. Like, I like the ability to draw something like that and have it all work. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like when you draw the standing figure, the rule is that the tip of the toes comes out to the bottom of the chin. And so you're drawing a character in a profile, we'll say. You could draw that easily. The tip of the toes is under the chin on this 3D back view foreshortened figure. Like, that's where Lopez shines, man. Yeah, it's amazing. Look how twisted up Joker is as he's, like, running out of the way, and yet it looks like perfect figure. Yeah. Good contrapposto. Batman uh, teeing off on Hulk to no effect. And then here, I gotta tell you, this is my beef with this book. Bane yes. breaks Batman's back. Bullshit. That's a broken back. That is a broken back right there. <laughs> I thought you were going to say just a bad storytelling flow that happens on many pages requiring that there are, the, the, are multiple arrows yeah. throughout this book to try to keep us on track. This is classic, though. This is another wrestling move, right? Like, this is Hulk Hogan in the bear hug with Andre the Giant. Gotta box the gimmicks. That's exactly it. Yeah. Double axe handle. <laughs> <laughs> Lopez, uh, may, maybe a uh, wrestling fan? Possibly maybe. pulling out some moves. This is this is good stuff. Like Hulk's like, I have super powered lungs and I don't have to breathe your noxious fumes. And Batman's like, oh yeah, that's some of your storytelling. Hits him in a bread basket. This works really well. This flow because like you're reading, pan, you know, panel, 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 and then right down into this. Absolutely. And then this is this is great too. Like you don't have to be so cheesy 
as to show the fumes like going into the nose. You just establish the gas. You see the dude breathe and after the context, it's great. Len Wein writing, the breath cruelly driven from his lungs. What are we doing here? Like, this Fat. guy's going to kill Batman. <laughs> like, cruelly driven? Yeah. How about self-preservation? You know, this is, you could just visually read this story. Yes, you can. And uh, overcomes, you know, for, first round goes to the Batman. I don't, I don't care for that either. <laughs> See, uh, Glennis, who I give a lot of credit with her color works and stuff on like the X-Men comics, you see it's like daylight flesh on a nighttime sequence. This is where when you get into like the um, Neil Adams mm -hmm. 70s issues where you see things really sing, man, because there will be some chocolate colors and things that would be used on this flesh, like, like purples and stuff. Because it's clearly a night sequence that she's building here, but using the same daylight kind of colors. Yeah, yeah, the flesh is the misstep in that, in this page, in terms of color. They would change the blues, too. We're gonna, I, I have an issue or two of Neil Adams' uh, Batman. We'll, we'll just have to go through for historic purposes. This is your, uh, one yeah. of the first examples of the shadows, right? Bruce Wayne and, and Banner meeting together and their alter egos and the shadows behind them. Yeah. And then when dreams won't come, so, here we go, the Hulk villain contribution, Shaper of Worlds. So that is a Hulk villain? That's not just it made is. Up, that's not made up for this comic? Yeah, I'm trying to think if he makes it into Grand Design. I think he does, but not a great villain. You know, if you Give were thinking abomination. of like, who, right, who the classic villains are, this is not who you'd pick, but he's a good choice because of what he allows this uh, the Joker to do, let's say. You know, like like the, the, the use of his powers with the Joker makes for some cool comics, so... I, I appreciate that. Great lighting on the face. Really like that lighting. Not bad. And kind of showing his who he is and what his background is. This almost superpower and connected dreams and whatever. <laughs> Some shaper world super fan out there is going to be mad at that dismissal. Look at that expression on Joker's face whenever things don't work the way they're supposed to. Biting that bottom lip. Oh boy. Sweating. Sweat on the brow. Hard character to draw Joker, man, because of the, 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 the sort of face. Have you ever drawn Joker before? I probably have in sketchbooks and stuff, but I've yeah, he's kind of tough. I've never drawn a good one. Yeah, there's probably some trick. I bet there's something. Exaggerate one specific element or something and it works. Banner's on edge. Uh, almost hawks out just because somebody like dropped a piece of equipment. And uh, Alfred is there trying to keep him in check. You know... Bruce Wayne knows what the deal is, and uh, brilliant mind, but gotta gotta keep him under control. And Batman out there trying to find some some answers. There's some like Joe Kubert isms in some of this stuff. Mostly, yeah. I guess, in the finishing, but like some of the line work reminds me a little bit this this scene in particular of Kubert. Uh, These aren't very successful uh, criminals, man, because they have to use ropes as chairs <laughs> to play their cards. Yeah. Although, I, again, I like this page, or at least this panel. Um, it's kind of neat for a fight scene, having that overlay of Batman. And, and good color there to create two panels, even though they're overlapping and there's no border. It's not something you see very often. And uh, the world's greatest detective finds a matchbox and uh, leads him to his next spot, where he <laughs> dresses up as a guy just asking too many questions. That's it's a such a dumb gimmick, the peeling the human mask off to reveal Batman's bat cowl under it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's a little kid comics, man. This military gets the drop on Banner's whereabouts. He's on this ship. All I can think about whenever you're doing some sort of science on ships is 
stuff I've heard about uh, experiment, medical experiments that are done in international waters. Right, yeah, like like, like maritime law, like it, it can be bound to no country, so you can fucking do some crazy shit out there. Hey, look how weird these margins are. It's almost cut off on the sides, and then you have like this, uh, this wider margin. I think it might be bad cuts. Yeah, it could be. It's funny, it slips around from page to page quite a bit. So the military dudes come to get Banner, and of course he turns into Hulk, and we're going to learn that it's not real military dudes. There's a whole a whole thing going on here. This character is kind of generic, but uh, part of that group that is tasked with bringing Hulk back to the Joker. These things have no effect. Whatever this gun is that's supposed to work, this taser-like gun, no effect. <laughs> I, I like that part. Hulk looks good throughout this. So it's a pretty good Hulk. This is the Hulk I like, the, the big midsection Hulk, the guy that kind of looks like a wrestler the way he's built, thick sure. in the middle. And again, I don't know who this character's supposed to be. Could have been Clayface, why not? Been. Yeah, it could have been. I don't think it is, though. Right? No, it's not. It's just like some android. Commissioner Gordon shows up. Doc Sampson makes a quick appearance with, hey, if they need a little extra muscle back there in Gotham, tell them Doc Sampson will be happy to lend a hand. <laughs> Doc Sampson's such a tool. <laughs> and and you got these like four-star generals with, with the scrambled eggs on their hat walking around, and then you got this dude in leotards with green hair walking around like you know abusing military code yes. with long hair like like one of the things when i last had a job like i prided myself on breaking two rules with one head by wearing baseball caps and having green hair just because they said you can't you yeah. know like, that's probably doc sampson's motivation right yeah. standing up to thunderbolt ross yeah I don't know if we see Thunderbolt Ross more than just like this one panel. That's just it, man. You get your, your Commissioner Gordon. You know, this is the B-lister, you know, supporting cast page. Get it in, get it out. So the idea here is this guy's connected to some sort of dreams or something. He's having trouble with his powers, and Hulk is, of course, the answer. And here's where we start to get some of those cool, like, dreamlike, distort the art a little bit. That's just really fun drawing to me. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of the kind of stuff that you have to plan. Like, you just got to be some thumbnails involved there. Good nose on Joker also throughout this. And now we have the uh, the Batman-Joker team-up. That's weird. Their relationship's so strange. It is, man. They need each other. They're, they, they're just like... They're like uh, uh, shut up, little man. They're, they're that couple. That's right. That is... That is <laughs> Way better than it should be, Ed. More of the interesting, like, you know, multiple panels in one. This is not a technique I see. I, I can't even tell you where else I've seen it. Like, like once in a while, you might see, like, you know, figure superimposed, something like that. But it's a really cool... I, I like it a lot for a superhero comic. I do think of it as 80s DC technique. And probably something like a montage kind of thing that, that like, Neil Adams might have brought to the game. Right. You don't see it much in Marvel. Yeah, I feel like I may have seen like a Walt Simonson do it. Sometimes on covers you'll see that kind of a thing. Yeah. Where it'd be like the same figure or the same character, but uh, you know, drawn very small. To... It's, it's that great movie poster kind of trope. Yeah. When... The the, uh, the new Shaolin Cowboy cover number one has that. Yeah, it does. So good. All right. So anyway, what they're trying to do is basically capture uh, capture Hulk. And would you say Joker's manipulating Batman here because Joker's the one who's going to benefit from this. If he can deliver Hulk back to the Shaper of Worlds, I love this kind of stuff, just seeing them in action. I mean, again, this is what you want this comic for. Like, anytime you can get them fighting each other, that's your uh, that's that's the, the magic. Yeah. 
Hulk caves in a building on Batman. No drama at all. Like, they, they don't even pretend, like, oh, maybe Batman's dead underneath that building that just collapsed. Somebody might be dead under that building, but comes crawling out, and uh, everybody's pretty low-key on it. And then Stan Lee shows up? <laughs> no, it's, it's Mission Impossible Batman wearing his, uh, his mask to just manipulate poor Hulk. And off he goes with the Joker. And what we end up with, ultimately, is this combination of Shaper of Worlds pulling out dream powers. And so you get to see a little bit of some of Hulk and Batman's expanded rogues gallery. You know, Abomination, you mentioned, is a good choice. So you get to see a few of these characters showing up, but they're not responding the way you would expect them to. You know, whenever Two-Face is punched, he just breaks, he shatters. And that's kind of what you see happening with these different characters, because, again, we're entering, like, a nightmare world. I'm just looking at the moth's pants. Striped orange-green pants. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm supposed to take you seriously? The, killer moth, dude. Call him by his real name. Is that what it is? Killer moth? <laughs> That's what he's credited as in the Indicia. So dumb. That's your trademark copyright. Shaper Worlds is made whole and gives Joker the power now to uh, manifest his dreams. And the first thing he does is puts on a ridiculous costume. <laughs> King of the world. Um, We're it's, going Silver Age. Right. We are, but it does give uh, Garcia Lopez room to, like, just draw cool shit. About five, six cool spreads of just goofy mayhem. Turning the Hulk and Batman into clowns. <laughs> Talk about your, your striped pants not being taken too seriously. These are these, To me, these are million-dollar pages right here. I do love this stuff, and uh, this is incredible for me. You know, the bending of the staircase, the references to Dali art. And uh, there's going to be a few of these references. I think Batman basically brings this out of uh, the Joker making fun of, like, fairy tales. You know, aren't you too old to believe in fairy tales? Alice so in Wonderland. Joker switching his dreamscapes to surrealism. That's a pretty fun gimmick for this book. I, I just I just fixate on the Tweedledee, Tweedledum, Batman, and uh, Joker. <laughs> Picasso. And they don't, they don't name these people, right? The, uh, the art of a genius. <laughs> <laughs> the Hulk, the Picasso Hulk, amazing. Yeah. This would have been a place to do, like, um, like Little Nemo in Slumberland. Like, almost like comic, Sunday comic pages would have been a fun thing to reference. It's, it's just one of those things, like, like uh, comics people from this era would go anywhere but comics. You know, they would never be self-referential in that way. Yeah. Because the whole thing is kind of self-referential, you know, like, they're, they're not creating anything new, like, they're just playing with existing toys. And Shaper World leaves and, and pretty much rest restores the uh, the status quo, which is what you got to do at the end of the a uh, of all of this crossover. Stuff. And in your epilogue, Commissioner Gordon, uh, Bruce Banner, and Batman, and uh, Bruce Banner pulls the Batman here. Whenever Commissioner Gordon decides, uh, so Dr. Banner, he's gone. Right. Of course he is. And uh, wants to put out an APB and Batman says, no, nah, let him go. Bruce Banner deserves that. By the way, this is like one of the sort of feathers in the McFarlane camp uh, when it comes to Spawn Batman. Because he at least lets his character get tossed under the bus a little bit and have a little bit of stakes mm -hmm. that car carry on from the end of that issue when he catches the Batarang in the head. It has the shoelace on the face for a year or whatever. Like, that's that's cool, you know, because it addresses, like, all of these crossovers, 
where just nothing happens and it's never talked about and it's never even like mentioned. Uh, but when you're in full command, you can't allow your guy to be thrown under the, the bus a little bit or whatever for the greater good. And I'm sure Spawn Batman served uh, Todd McFarlane pretty well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, there's one of your shadows again, Ed. The Hulk shadow coming yeah, off a of banner. Very thematic. Incredible drawing on his face. This is a weird angle, and I feel like the, the lines around his face and mouth there are very sensitive. Yes. Well yeah, that's, that's that Dick Giordano inking, man. Like, he, he had his couple coffees on, uh, on Neil Adams a couple times and just figured that out. So, there you go. Batman versus the Hulk. Um... I love these treasuries, and I, I feel like this this one's not too bad. Yeah, that I think it's I think it's much better than the Spider-Man Superman one. Um, although we have a video on the Spider-Man Super one Superman, so check that out in our crossover video where we look at a bunch of these crossovers. Um, but I feel like this one's pretty good. Here's the key, man. It's like quick setup, schmoz. Like that's all that's we right. want. Like we like we don't like. I think on that Superman uh, Spider-Man one, there were like uh, five. five five chapters before they even it's got together literally like 40 pages <laughs> it's two comic books before they actually start mixing it up somebody should have figured out that that wasn't right no like good. if that's what you come up with start over too much of a tease but yeah, yeah they, they they learn from that in this one and they get get batman and hulk together quite a bit great lighting on this right there good to go yes k favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available what's out there jimmy hulk grand design will be in your comic shops in march Pick that up. Tell your local comic shop to reserve a copy or to pre-order a copy for you. Pick the cover you like. There are four great covers to choose from. And uh, you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see how I make the comics I make, including Hulk Grand Design. You can see a lot of the original art and uh, cool extras like that. Red Room Trigger Warnings is going to begin in the in the beginning of March. Uh, coming out on a monthly basis, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics, and you can pre-order those comics uh, at my link tree in the description below this video. You can read those comics uh, right now on uh, my Patreon. I've serialized everything before it hits paper. Uh, three bucks for the archive there. You can read the entire anti-social network there as well. Uh, once again, all those links are in the link trees in the description below this video. What else do we have out there, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those Martian orders, Jimmy, we're going to be on our way. Read more comics.